the churches from the 4th to the 15th century. The corruption and secularizing of the churches were gradual and produced division. Those who maintained the purer faith were called Donatists or Novatians in the earliest division. These Donatists in a council, A.D. 411, at Carthage, lacked only eight churches of being equal in representation to the Catholics. These and the Novatians maintained that the church ought to be made of just and holy men, or at least of those who were so in appearance. They thought they ought to be kept separate from the world, a religious society voluntarily congregated together for pious purposes. They were very careful to remove from their places of worship everything that bore any resemblance to worldly communities. The controversy between them and the other party grew bitter. The Emperor Constantine endeavored to settle it. The Donatists inquired, What has the Emperor to do with the Church? What have Christians to do with kings? What have bishops to do at court? The Emperor persecuted them. Orchard, Volume 1, page 88. These dissenters from the dominant church existed in all countries to a greater or less extent and wore different names conferred upon them from the different locations or from some noted leader. Those in distinct countries had no communication with each other. The uniformity with which those who rejected the Romish church held the doctrine of separation from civil governments shows that these things had a common origin in the beginning and spread from the one central head. Orchard, Volume 1, page 117, says, The dissenters of the Oriental, Asiatic churches refused oaths, remonstrated against penal sanctions, and denied the authority of magistrates over conscience. On page 145 of the Dissenters of Italy, the Paternines, A.D. 300, the two-edged sword was the only weapon this people used. Page 142, A.D. 750. The public religion of the Paternines consisted of nothing but social prayer, reading and expounding the Gospels, baptism once and the Lord's Supper as often as convenient. Italy was full of such Christians. They said a Christian church ought to consist of good people only. A church had no power to frame any constitution, that is, to make laws. It was not right to take oaths. It was not lawful to kill mankind, nor should he be delivered up to the officers of justice to be converted. Faith alone could save a man. The benefits of society belong to all its members. The church ought not to persecute. The law of Moses was no rule for Christians. Page 145. The Paternines were become very numerous and conspicuous at Milan. Nor had they any share in the state, for they took no oaths and bore no arms. Page 150. Arnold presumed to quote the scripture, My kingdom is not of this world. The abbots, the bishops, the pope himself must renounce their state or their salvation. Page 151. Arnold's friends were numerous, but a sword was no weapon in the articles of his faith. Page 234. A.D. 1207. The Waldenses of Picardy and Bohemia executed no offices, and neither exacted nor took oaths. They bore no arms, 
and rather chose to suffer than to resist wrong. They profess their belief in Christ by being baptized, and their love to Christ and one another by receiving the Lord's Supper. They aspired at neither wealth nor power. Their plan was industry. Page 241, A.D. 1400 It would appear that the Vaudois, Waldenses, or Pickards did not enter Ziska's army during the war. We know their principles were opposed to war, and they did not seem at any time to have borne arms. During such commotions it is said of them that they were always coming and going. When persecuted in one city, they fled to another. Page 261. The dissenters of Piedmont, existing from the earliest days down to Luther. The rules of practicing were regulated by a literal interpretation of Christ's Sermon on the Mount. They consequently prohibited wars, lawsuits, acquisition of wealth, capital punishments, self-defense, and oaths of all kind. Page 309, A.D. 1433 A third party was called Waldenses or Pickards, who interfered not in political affairs. Mino, page 367, A.D. 1536 drew up his plan of doctrine and practice entirely from the Scriptures. He retained, indeed, all the doctrines commonly received among them in relation to the baptism of infants, the millennium, the exclusion of magistrates from the Christian assemblies, the abolition of war, the prohibition of oaths, and the vanity as well as pernicious effects of human science. Page 309 they are said to have lived as peaceable inhabitants, particularly in Flanders, Holland, and Zealand, interfering neither with church, that is, Catholic, or state affairs. Their manner of life was simple and exemplary. They, like their ancestors, sought to regulate their conduct by Christ's Sermon on the Mount. The Munster Rebellion in Germany that has always been held as a reproach to the Anabaptists to break down human governments and establish the kingdom of God on earth was a misguided and frenzied outburst of the same principle that had been perpetuated from the days of the apostles. There was at the time a feeling of discontent among the people on account of the oppression of the human government sanctioned by the state church. The dissatisfaction with the existing state of affairs was widespread. The laboring people naturally sided with the religious teachers who were declaiming against the tyranny of the priests. A few turbulent men failing to appreciate the spirit of the Christian religion, and that its weapons of warfare were not carnal, appealed to the idea that human governments were to be displaced by the government of God and excited the populace to a war of destruction of human government. It was simply a misguided zeal and frenzy taking advantage of the old idea of the antagonism of the human and the divine government to excite war upon the oppressive governments. I have quoted these extracts from Orchard, recognizing that he is not always entirely reliable, either from a failure to go to original sources of information or his judgment was warped by his party bias in his effort to trace a regular succession of churches practicing immersion from the apostolic times to the present day. But the points here presented are outside of the field of modern religious controversy.
Indeed, they antagonize the practice of all churches with which church historians affiliate, and they would have been inclined to suppress truths of this kind rather than give them prominence. All church histories corroborate these statements. Armitage, in his History of the Baptist, while admitting that the Montanists held certain errors, says on page 176, The one prime idea held by the Montanists, and in distinction from the churches of the third century, was that membership in the churches should be confined to purely regenerate persons, and that a spiritual life and discipline should be maintained without any authority of the state. And this corresponds with other accounts of the past and future history of these people. Page 195 as evidence of the corruption and apostasy of the churches in the fourth century, Armitage says, They had become numerous and influential. In the great cities they had large and costly temples furnished with vessels of gold and silver. Their faith was much the rising fashion. The army, the service, the civil court were filled with Christians, and the old Christ-likeness had gone. Their being in the army and civil service showed corruption. Of the Albigenses, Armitage says on page 278, they rejected the Romish church and esteemed the New Testament above all its traditions and ceremonies. They did not take oaths, nor did they believe in baptismal regeneration, but they were ascetic and pure in their lives. They also exalted celibacy. As said elsewhere, in the different places the development of the faith of the dissenters from Rome was diverse and often mixed with error. These in southern France are said to have fostered celibacy. But this was not common. But all the purer bodies of them refused oaths and service in the state affairs. On page 280, they sought no secular gain or earthly property. Page 281, they take no oaths. Armitage, on page 339, says, Hub Meyer was the noblest of Swiss Baptists. Our readers will note that Armitage and other Baptist historians call all who immersed believers Baptist, albeit they refuse to be called by any name save Christian. On page 355, A very small party, those of Munster, believed in establishing Christ's kingdom by the sword at the cost of sedition and revolution. We have seen that the party, represented chiefly by Hub Meyer, believed in government, paid all taxes, and obeyed all ordinances that did not interfere with the free exercises of religion. But as a magistrate must bind himself by civil oath and use the sword, they held that a Christian could not be a magistrate because the apostles knew nothing of church taxes imposed by the state, held no office, and took no part in war. They thought civil government was necessary for the wicked, but their foes either could or would not understand them. Their modern enemies evince the same state of mind. It seems that Hupp Meyer and a party with him recognized Christians might act as judges, but a large party refused to go with him in this concession. On page 356, Denk, whom Haller calls the Apollo of the Anabaptists, says, The apostles treat earnestly that Christians must be subject to government. But they do not teach that they may be governors, for Paul says, What have I to do to judge them that are without? 
he would have Christians withdraw from politics and have unconverted men to wield the sword of the civil and military ruler as a thing entirely separate from the church. Page 374. Dreisinger, only three years after the Munster craze, was examined as to whether he and his brethren approved of these vile proceedings. He answered, We would not be Christians if we did. Another said, We are daily belied by those who say we would defend our faith with the sword, as they of Munster did. The Almighty God defend us from such abominations. Another martyr, young Dosi, who endured cruel slaughter for his love to Christ, said to the governor's wife, No, madam, these people greatly erred. We consider it a devilish doctrine to resist the magistrates by the outward sword and violence. We would much rather suffer persecution and death at their hands at whatever is appointed us to suffer. A formal convention of their leaders at Augsburg discountenanced all political measures. Melanchthon examined some of them, page 404. He asked them of obedience to civil magistrates. They said they needed none, they cleaved to God alone, they did not condemn civil government for the world. If the magistrates would let them alone in their faith, they would cheerfully pay their taxes and do as they were bidden. Page 414 of the Waldenses of the Netherlands Halbertsma asks, How is it possible to find better citizens? They brought into the treasury their thousands every year and never took out a penny as officials, that is, they held no office. They set fire to no property but dug wells to put out fires. They fired no musket but they nursed the wounded. They were not soldiers but furnished the sinews of war, that is, paid taxes. Quotations from all church histories to the same purport might be made to weariness. Many nominal dissenters, those in sympathy with them but not real members of the church, engaged in war and politics, and often corruption and departures worked their way among them and they took part in state affairs. The emigration to America was very much under the idea that none but Christians would compose the governments and the church government would be the only rule recognized. Yet the Puritans placed the sword in the hands of their rulers to enforce church censures and discipline. Roger Williams and his associates had a clear conception of the Bible teaching, but the temptations to take part in civil affairs were strong and all went into it. They persuaded themselves there was a difference between the despotic and republican forms of government. But that this principle was recognized still as held among those called Baptists we find from the decree of the General Court of Massachusetts, November 13, 1644. It is ordered and decreed that if any person or persons within this jurisdiction shall either openly condemn or oppose the baptizing of infants, or go about secretly to seduce others from the approbation or use thereof, or shall purposely depart the congregation of the ministration of the ordinance, or shall deny the ordinance of magistracy, or the lawful right and authority to make war or to punish the outward breakers of the first table, and shall appear to the court will willfully and obstinately to continue therein after due time and means of convictions, every such person or persons shall be sentenced to banishment. 
The first table here refers to the first half of the Ten Commandments which were supposed to be written on one of the tables of Moses. Some had denied the right of the civil power to punish violation of these. They denied the right of Christians to be civil magistrates and the lawfulness of Christians engaging in war. On this account they were condemned to banishment from the state of Massachusetts. Through the Old Testament this separation was taught. It was clearly maintained in the New. The Church received the practice from the Apostles and maintained it with great uniformity to the close of the third century. Corruption, worldly ambition, and desire of power and place worked their way into the Church, but all through the Dark Ages the purest and best of disciples of Christ maintained the position. If the Church ever attains to its primitive purity and efficiency, it must be by a return to this clearly established principle of the separation of all its members from worldly governments, and the consecration of the affections, time, means, and talents of all its members to the upbuilding of the Church of God and the salvation of the world. We have noted these things from the days of the Apostles down to one hundred years ago to show that the idea of separation from the state and from all participation in civil affairs was universal among Christians for the first two or three hundred years, that they then began to grow worldly, apostatized from fidelity to God, lost faith in Him, formed alliance with the civil power, became supporters of human government, and imbibed the spirit of the civil institutions with which they affiliated. Still, there have been individuals among the Baptists and disciples who have held these views.